morning, good afternoon. If you're watching this in Teleland, it could be any time of the day, couldn't it? Happy Easter, happy Christmas. <laughs> God is good all the time. God is a good God, really is. He started meeting by saying, the sun is rising. Uh, but you know, every day the sun is rising. Even if you can't see it, the sun is rising. There might be dark clouds in the way sometimes and problems of life, but always God's sun is rising. As Dave said, um, we are commencing our series on the parables. Thank you to Harry for last week when he introduced us or set a scene uh, for the times in which the parables were set. Uh, and this morning, uh, I'm going to start off on the first of the parables in, chapter, in Matthew 13. They're the parables of the kingdom. And uh, Matthew 13, verse 1, might come up above me. I'm reading in the New International Version. Um, so off we go. That same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then in verse 18, Jesus goes on, I'm glad to say, to explain the parable. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecu persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refer refers to someone who hears a word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. When we first decided to talk about these parables of the kingdom, we were in a little gathering together and we talked about, I think there were seven different parables we want to hit upon. We chose seven people who were going to deliver uh, a teaching on each one of them. And they said to me, which one do you want, Jeff? You can get first pick. I said, I don't mind which one you give me. So I was allocated this 
parable. And you know what? I'm really pleased they gave me this one because this one is so easy. You don't have to do an awful lot of figuring out to understand what it means. The other thing I like about it is there are three uh, S's. An alliteration of three S's. There's a sower and there's a seed and there's a soil. Say that to yourself. Sower, seed, and soil. And, um, and so it's easy to understand that. And even more so in this parable, Jesus goes on to explain exactly what those various elements mean, what, the, what they symbolize. The sower is a person who scatters the seed, the farmer who goes out. And when Jesus spoke these words, they were true of the way that people were responding to him and his message about the kingdom of God. There was a hard ground. There were those religious leaders of his day who would not refuse to hear him and, 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 and battled against him. There were those stony ground followers that shallow soil, those with little root. And so they wanted to follow him initially, but when things started getting a little bit tough in their lives, suddenly they went away. And there was the thorny ground people, um, like the rich young ruler. You remember the rich young ruler who so wanted to follow Jesus, but uh, he was choked by the deceit of wealth. Money was his god. And so money was his downfall. He had money. And money had him. And that was his downfall. And many other people um, turning away because other things, other things in life, other desires in life, drew them away from Jesus. But of course, there was also the good ground, those disciples, those followers of Jesus who said to him, where else can we go? For only you have the words of eternal life. And they followed him. They followed him and in so doing produced a fruit of 30, 60 and 100 fold. The sower, as Jesus tells this story, he's a sower. But the sower is also you and me as we seek to sow the word uh, uh, of the kingdom of God in our lives, both in words and in the way that we live our lives. And you know, it would be foolish for you and me to think that things will be different for us than they were for Jesus. Because we too will find that the seed that we sow will fall on unproductive ground. But just because some of the seed that you sow falls on ground which is unproductive, that does not bear a fruit, does not mean that you should ever stop sowing. Some ground, you know, sometimes that you think, oh, this is great ground. They're so close to the kingdom. This is great ground. They're going to respond. And you know what you find out? That years later, they're still not deciding to follow Jesus because things of this world have a bigger hold on them than the than the desire for the kingdom of God. And the thorns and the weeds come up and choke the seed that we sow into their lives. But alternatively or equally, some ground that seems so hard might just be the very ground now that is desperate and longing to hear. 
You know, Arnie Scargan a couple of weeks ago was talking about COVID and the effect that it's had on people's lives. And some people who have been hardened against the gospel and didn't want to know about the gospel and the things of God. Having gone through this, as it were, long winter of COVID, suddenly they're finding out that the things of life that they once thought important are not so important. And that hard, unproductive ground now may well be the ground that will produce a great harvest. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up sowing. Wherever you go, scatter the seed of the word, either by deed or by action, the way that you live your life. Keep on sowing. The seed, Jesus tells us, is a message, listen to me carefully, the seed is a message about the kingdom of God. The message that Jesus always proclaimed was the message of the kingdom of God. When John the Baptist was coming, the message that he proclaimed is, prepare yourselves, get yourselves ready, the kingdom of God is coming. When those early disciples and the apostles, the early church went out, the message that they proclaimed was the message of the kingdom of God. Philip goes to Samaria and the Bible says the people in Samaria believed him preaching the good news about the kingdom of God. The seed we sow is the gospel and the gospel is the good news about the kingdom of God. That's our gospel. A kingdom we can enter into by faith in Jesus, who is a king of kings. A kingdom that will spread and fill this whole earth. A kingdom which is eternal. A kingdom that will usher in a new heaven and a new earth that will be eternal and everlasting. That's the kingdom of God. That's a message that we proclaim. Now, please be careful as you listen to me now, because... Yeah, I could get into trouble if you don't listen carefully. Listen carefully. I get more, always get into trouble. You know, the glorious message that we proclaim about the cross is true. The message of forgiveness of sin is true. The wonderful message of salvation is true. The message of God's peace and grace is true. The message of eternal life is true. All these things are true. But these are truths of the gospel rather than being the gospel itself. These things are truths of the gospel, but not the gospel itself. See, we do proclaim the truth that when we tell people about the shed blood and the price Jesus paid about life after death, those things are true. But the seed we carry... The message we proclaim is there is a kingdom for you to enter and Jesus Christ is the king of that kingdom. That's our message. That's the gospel. There is a kingdom for you to enter and Jesus is the king of that kingdom. He is not a king like the monarch of the UK who is a figurehead monarch. We can get our little flags out on coronation days and things like that and wave them and sing God save the Queen. But when we want to make a decision, we go down to 10 Downing Street and ultimately they'll make the decisions. 
King Jesus is not a king like that. King Jesus has absolute rule and absolute authority over everything in his kingdom. Everything in his kingdom. And if you're in his kingdom, that means you. There is no area of your life which is off limit to the king if you are in his kingdom. One of the one of the problems that we have in, in understanding the Bible and reading the Bible is that we are at the mercy of the people who translate the, the, the Word of God from its original language, be it Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, into English. We are at the mercy of how they translate those words. Here's a word that we have to understand. It's the name Christ. Some people seem to think that the name Christ is Jesus' surname like his dad was Joseph Christ. And so he's Jesus Christ. You know, I'm, my, my dad was Albert Christ. I'm Jeff Christ. My kids are Matthew and Ben. It's a family name. The name Jesus is not a name like that. It's not a family name. The name Christ comes from a Greek word, Christos, which means the anointed one. His name is Jesus, the anointed one. And most importantly, he's anointed king. That's what he's anointed for. He's anointed king. His name is King Jesus. I wonder if we would think differently if we constantly referred to him as King Jesus rather than just as Jesus Christ. I wonder if you're like me when somebody um, uses the Lord's name as a swear word. You know those moments? Don't look at me all over. You know what I'm talking about. They, they do something, they hit the finger with a hammer or something like that and they, oh Jesus Christ and we are shocked and, and it, there's something inside of us we just can you nod if you're on Teleland nod as well it, it's, there's something awful about that and we we want to get on our high horse I would rather you didn't use the name, name of the Lord like that it's quite offensive to me and you put their back up but you know next time somebody does that and go Jesus Christ in that kind of way just say amen I agree totally with you he is he is what he is what you said he was who said he was what you just said what did I say you said Jesus is king that's what you just said I did yes you did that's what it means every time you say Jesus Christ it means Jesus is king you're proclaiming a truth that's fantastic God bless you keep preaching do you know what? I bet you get a better reaction off people than getting on your high horse and all offended. <laughs> In this parable, the seed of the sower is the good news that there is a kingdom to enter by living under the rule of King Jesus. That's the message we proclaim. By living under the rule of King Jesus. You know, the message of the gospel is far more than getting your ticket to heaven. Hallelujah, I've got my ticket to heaven now, my Willy Wonka ticket to the chocolate factory. I'm okay. Well, you see, many people want Jesus to have died so that they could live. Here's the good news. This is the gospel of the kingdom. If you think that Jesus died so that you could live, well, it's kind of true. But you need to understand the message of the kingdom. You need to understand the message of the kingdom. See, because Jesus says these words, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. 
And back then when you saw a guy with a cross, he was not going to stick it on a church roof. He, was, he took that cross because he was going to die on it. He was going to be crucified on it. That's what Jesus said. That's why Paul writes, uh, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. I was crucified with Christ. Here's the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. Are you ready? Go like that if you're ready. Here's the truth. Jesus died so you could die. To die and in dying that you might know his life. Jesus died so that you could die to self and live to God. Jesus died that you could die to sin and live in his righteousness. Jesus died that you could die to the world and live in the kingdom of God. You died. Here's the necessity of the gospel. Here's the message of the gospel. Come and die that you might live. You know, when, when you came to Christ, we buried you in baptism, put you under the water. The old is gone. Praise God, the new has come. And you raised, you were risen to a new life. Not to continue in the old life, but with your ticket to the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. It's a new life under new kingship. You died so that Jesus could reign on the throne of your life. You died that you could reign with him and that you could be seated with him in glory. This is more than the ticket to heaven. This is more than, oh, I've got my past now. I can live any way I like now. I can go on just the way before now. I can self-rule and self-govern now. By no means. Salvation might be free, but it will cost you everything. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the parable of the pearl and the parable of the treasure in the field. And for both those people, it costs them everything. And this is what the kingdom is about. It will cost you everything. There's a sower and there's a seed and there's a soil. The soil, of course, speaks of the condition of the human heart. It was Winston Churchill who said, at the heart of the human problem is a problem of the human heart. And in each of the examples given of the various kinds of ground, the sower and the seed are the same. Everyone heard the same message. But Jesus said, the seed that fell on good, good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. That was the difference. The sower who sowed into the good ground, it was a, that ground that understood the message. In our understanding of the message, sorry, it is our understanding of the message that will produce fruitfulness in our lives. It is the understanding of the message that will produce fruitfulness in our lives. And Jesus said, by the fruit you will know them. See, the problem of modern evangelicalism is that it has reduced, it has diluted the message of the kingdom down to put your hand up if you want to go to heaven, pray this little prayer, you're all right now. What a travesty. No wonder such people do not remain. No wonder so many of those fall away. They have never understood the message of the kingdom. 
There's a king on the throne of your life now. This message of the kingdom is countercultural. And our danger in seeking to make ourselves culturally relevant so that we can look cool and hip and trendy, you know, just like me. When we do that, the danger is that we minimize the demands that the kingdom of God brings with it. And a diluted kingdom message produces watered-down, weak, feeble followers of Christ who wither and die when the going gets tough, who are tossed around by the storms of life or become choked and fail because of worldly desires, because they never understood in the first place what it meant to be in the kingdom of God. Understanding the message of the kingdom. Understanding the demands of the kingdom is key. Understanding here is not simply about mental assent, theoretical acceptance, theological comprehension. It is not just about this mental, I've heard, oh yeah, I understand it up here. Understanding here means the actual application of the message. We all hear the scripture uh, quoted to us, uh, the, oh, uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want you to know truth does not set you free. Truth does not set you free. Truth does not save you. Truth does not liberate you. Truth does not bring you any kind of freedom. It does not. What brings freedom is the application of truth. Jesus said, if you abide in my teaching, then you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So many Christians live life bound up, caught up, locked up, not fruitful, not delivering anything. Why? Because they've never understood that they had to die and live to Christ. My time's gone. So many words, so little time. The kingdom of God is a territory over which God rules. That's the kingdom of God. And we want all of our people, certainly in this church, but please God, Christians throughout the world, to be fruitful, fruitful, fruitful ground, producing a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. So we have to ask God. Is there an area of rebellion to your kingdom in my life? Is there a territory that flies a flag of independence? Is there a region not submitted to your kingdom? Is there somewhere that I'm saying, I'm demanding home rule. Don't tell me what to do there. Because if there is, you're a rebellious person within the kingdom of God. This is the message in the parable of the sower. The person who understands the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's just bow our heads for a moment and pray. And say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, search us. You who know the condition of every heart, the condition 
of the soil of our lives into which the seed of your message of the kingdom has been sown. We invite you, God, to come and search us. We invite you, God, to come and show us any area that needs clearing, weeds and thorns that need uprooting, rocks and stones that need removing, hard ground that needs breaking up. We pray, God, that every one of our lives might be characterized by fruitfulness. May we live lives approved of heaven, befitting a daughter, a son of God. May Jesus, the lamb that was slain, receive the reward for his suffering. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. May your name be honored. May your name be glorified in all of our lives, in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.